0: Hello Sleepless listeners, David Cummings here. Welcome to Season 14 of the No Sleep Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us. If you're hearing this, it means you have successfully become a Season Pass 14 member. Our 14th season. Well, we hope to conjure up some magical tales for you this season, as we delve into the dark and mystical art of horror storytelling. Now, if you're a previous Season Pass member, you will have noticed that we have a new hosting system in place for Season Pass 14. We're migrating off our old Nanocast system in favor of this newer and more robust system. The main change we hope you'll notice is that your feeds should no longer have any of the existing issues we've had in the past with Season Pass feeds requiring a tweak to work on all podcast apps. We think you'll find the Glow system will work seamlessly and invisibly. That means once you install your Season Pass 14 feed in your app, it will simply work, without problems or hassles, the way feeds should work. And if you have previous Season Passes, we will slowly be migrating your feeds over to the new system, but that will take a bit of time, so don't worry. Any previous Season Pass memberships you own will continue to work. You won't miss anything if you want to go back and listen to previous episodes. You'll be contacted by email when the time comes to make the super easy switch for Season Passes 3 to 13 to the new system. But for now, just sit back and brace yourself for Season Pass 14. And even though our new system should be as trouble-free as possible, there may be reasons for you to reach out to us about support issues for your Season Pass. As in years past, we ask that if you have any problems with the technical side of the podcast, like if your feed doesn't work in an app or it isn't playing properly, there is a simple solution. Just email us at admin at thenosleeppodcast.com. We'll get you fixed up and playing right away. And please don't contact us via social media because we can't help you as quickly as we want that way. A simple email is all it takes. And, now, we'd like to share a short story with you to whet your appetite for the new season. And, in appreciation of our hot new glow system, we think about other things which glow hot. Things like fire. And we're well aware these days of the devastating impact that forest fires and wildfires can have. We should be grateful for the people whose job it is to monitor the forests and provide early warnings of fires before they get out of control. But as author Carter Milford shares with us, sometimes those people have more to deal with in the forest than just fires. Performing this tale with me are Graham Rowett, Mike Delgadio, and Jesse Cornett. So while you might think it's an easy life to live in the calm and isolation of the woods for a living, you'd best be aware of the perils of being a fire watcher. I'm a fire watcher. Upon moving into my station, I found the following pages typed on my desk. Now, I'm not the author of the following, and I'm transcribing exactly what I found. It was dated 1989. I've been located here for 185 days, according to my calendar. I'm stationed up in the northwest of the United States with two other guys, Clark and Thomas. 185 days. That's five days longer than our stint here should have been. Normally, they rotate us out every 180 days. We were supposed to be picked up by a helicopter five days ago. I started writing this logbook or journal or whatever because we're overdue for evac. Or so we think. Maybe we messed up the calendar somehow. Our main radio stopped working on day 179. Get up! There's smoke! Bleary-eyed, I saw Clark standing over my bunk. I could see the orange slits of light reflecting on his torso, signaling to me it was the early morning.
1: Teddy! Smoke! (sighs) Smoke. Huh? Yes, smoke. A really small stream of it, maybe a mile southeast.
0: His eyes were wide and brighter than the sunlight on his uniform. I pulled myself out of the bottom bunk and headed towards the window. I didn't even need my binoculars to see the small sliver of smoke creating a shadow in the early sun's light. In 185 days, it's only the second time we've seen a potential fire. For those who don't know what a fire watchtower looks like, it's basically a wooden cabin elevated about 100 feet in the air. Ours has a staircase that wraps around the structure beneath the cabin. I'm pretty sure other towers use ladders, but that's beside the point. Clark and I bunk up in the watchtower. We have a little kitchen, our bunk bed, and a 360-degree view of nothing but woods. Thomas sleeps in a tiny little cabin at the base of our tower, which is also where our main office is. Office may be too loose of a term. It's one desk and a typewriter used for typing out reports of what we see out here. I rubbed my eyes and looked over to Clark. (sighs) All right, let's go check it out. No way, Teddy. No way. Clark had been afraid to go past the outhouse since day 180 passed. He's afraid a helicopter will come and he'll miss his chance to be rescued. Rescued, Clark would say. But are we in danger? Did we miscalculate the number of days we've been out here? We still have plenty of food. Did they forget about us? Has the apocalypse come and gone and we don't know because we've been isolated? Okay, fine. Radio down to Thomas and let him know. He should be up. Our main radio back-to-base isn't getting a sign of life from anywhere. And if it isn't receiving from anywhere, we assume we aren't being heard from anywhere. Luckily, we still have our own walkie-talkies to communicate with each other. Clark took out his walkie. Tom,
1: there's some smoke about a mile southeast. Can you go check it out?
0: A few seconds passed before Thomas responded my ass I'll be on my way unless you want to help me with that Clarky. Thomas the oldest of us is always picking on Clark the youngest he doesn't really dislike Clark he's just easy to pick on he's a 23 year old college dropout I think he studied accounting or finance or something on his parents dime I don't think he left college to be a professional fire watcher no, I think he left to come out in the wilderness, be alone, and take a retrospective look at his life to decide what he really wants. You only sign up for 180 days of isolation if you're crazy or if you want to get away from something. I'm not sure which category Thomas falls in. He's a cryptic, brute of a man. His picture is probably in the dictionary next to lumberjack. He's pretty quiet unless he has a joke to tell or something important to say. Either way, when he opens his mouth, I listen. As for me, well, it's not important why I'm out here. Headed out now. Over. Clark and I watched Thomas start his trek into the tree line until we could no longer see him. Clark cocked his head towards mine.
1: Teddy, Thomas has been acting... Different. Weird.
0: I didn't expect him to be so blunt, but I had noticed. I knew Clark had noticed, but this was the first time we spoke about it. I know.
1: He doesn't seem to be bothered that we're stuck out here.
0: We don't know if we are stuck out here. We could have scratched off the dates wrong. You know, we thought we didn't scratch the day off yet, but we really did, so we accidentally scratched the next day too. I guess... I knew what he was going to say next. At night, though? Shut it, Clark. Come on, Teddy,
1: it's fucked up. He's fine during the day, and then just... just changes. Does he have some type of illness? It happens so sudden.
0: Well, maybe he does. So what if the guy goes out at night to stare at trees? Trees?
1: Stare at trees?
0: I know you've seen it. He goes out near the tree line and stands there for a while, looking out. Sometimes hours. Maybe he does have a screw loose, and maybe he shouldn't be out here. But I don't think it's the best idea to bring it up to him when we're still trapped here with him, especially if he is insane. Silence fell between us before Clark responded. I didn't
1: know he stares out at the forest.
0: His voice was soft, and his eyes were wider than when he woke me up this morning. Oh. Wait, wait, what? Well, what were you gonna say? At night, he comes up the stairs. I looked over to our half open door leading out to the staircase, letting in a cool breeze. What what do you
1: What? He comes up the stairs and and just looks at us. Stares at us.
0: Thomas left to go check out the smoke about an hour ago. It seems to have vanished, so I figure he handled it. Clark spends his days using our walkie-talkies, trying every station possible to alert anyone nearby. I just watch the forest. It's 11.30 p.m. Thomas isn't back. He left at about 7 a.m. He hasn't answered his radio. Tomorrow will be day 186. We don't know if Thomas is okay, and one of us will most likely have to check the woods tomorrow. And since Clark is chicken shit, it'll end up being me. Most disturbing, though, is something Clark told me a few minutes ago. The reason I went back to the office to type this. I was leaning back in my swivel chair, spinning slowly, making sure there were no lights or fires in the dark expanse of trees and wondering where Thomas was. He must have been hurt. Even if he was lost, he'd reply on his walkie. We always answer our walkies. They're with us at all times, even when we're shitting or showering. Clark stopped my chair mid-spin and mid-thought. Before I could protest, he spoke.
1: Listen, I need to tell you something I've been thinking about recently. It's eating away at me.
0: I wondered if it had to do with Thomas. Okay, I'm all ears. It's gonna sound crazy. I bet I've heard crazier.
1: (sighs) I don't remember coming out here.
0: My facial expression didn't change, and it looked like he was waiting for a reaction, so he repeated.
1: I don't remember coming out here. Do you? Do you remember applying for this job? Do you remember being interviewed? Or being flown out here?
0: At first, I was almost amused. Then, as he asked those questions, I froze. I didn't remember.
1: You know how I said I decided to leave college? Well, now that I'm thinking about it harder, I don't know if I did. I mean, I must have, right? To be out here, I must have. But all I can remember is my last day of class for the semester, and then I was here. I don't remember anything between coming home after class and meeting you and Thomas.
0: I was listening, but it probably didn't show. I was still motionless. I couldn't remember. I tried, and I'm still trying. Thomas is missing. Clark and I are losing our minds or... or something else. Either way, I can't explain it. There are more pages scattered about, but I ain't figured out the order. Some are ripped, and some are just faded beyond recognition. But there's a more pressing and imminent problem at hand. About 30 minutes ago, I met Gary and Harold. We've been stationed out here for the next 180 days. I don't know whether to tell them what I found. And I don't know whether to tell them that I don't remember coming here. Now, you know what to watch out for. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And when the familiar no-sleep theme sounds in your ears, you'll know it's time for the new season. And it all begins when you join us on February 15th for the start of Season 14. Thanks again for being a supportive Season Pass member. This audio production is copyright 2020 by Creative Reason Media Inc., all rights reserved. The copyright for this story is held by Carter Milford. No duplication or reproduction of this audio program is permitted without the written consent of Creative Reason Media Inc.,